back to episode 51 of the Training with Tucker podcast. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Sierra Carter, who is a running coach and mental health coach, and she is the host of Run, Thrive, Survive, which is a podcast. She also has a website with uh, you know a lot of details and information on her offerings. So I'll put that information in the show notes so you can go check her out and uh, learn more about what she offers. But today's conversation is all about uh, her experience as a running and mental health coach and also more specifically about a recent experience that she had running the Revel Big Cottonwood Canyon Marathon. So we talk a lot about downhill running and the concerns around signing up for those races. And this is a really good podcast. I know you're going to enjoy it. So Without further ado, here's my conversation with Sierra Carter. Sierra, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the Training with Tucker podcast. Tucker, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. All right. So just to start off here, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell me a little about yourself, how you got into running and and all the things that you do. Yeah, no. So I'm Sierra Carter and I am the host of Run Thrive Survive podcast, but I'm also a mental health and um, fitness coach is what I coined it because there's not really like a designated, you know, area in life that does this, but I really focus on improving mental health with not just athletes, but anybody that feels stressed, anxious, or just burnt out constantly from their everyday life. Um, we really get your physical, your mental, and your emotional state back on track. And it's um, I practice ACT, which is admit- admittance and commitment therapy, which is a little bit different from like CBT or other ones, but I'm in the behavior analysis field. And that's what I really focus on. And it I find that it goes really well getting yourself on track with mental health and your physical fitness, eating disorders, anxiety, depression, all those things can definitely, they all play a role together and it's important to, to attack them all at once. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. That's super cool that you're tying those two together. Cause I know for, for a lot of us, if not all of us, right. Fitness is such a great way of you know, relieving stress and working on, you know, our mental health. And it's so beneficial for us, not only physically, but also mentally. Um, So as a runner yourself, how did you get into running? So running, I think I asked, well, okay. So long story short, I, my, my mom got a treadmill for herself and I was like 15 or 16 years old when she got herself a treadmill and I hated running. I hated any, like I played basketball and I played sports and that was all the physical activity you got for me. Didn't do cross country, any of that, but I just got on this treadmill and would do a mile a day. Pretty soon when I moved to Florida from New Mexico, I started running in races because people invited me to do 5Ks and 10Ks and 10 milers. And I just fell in love with it. I loved it. I, when I went to college, I just focused on running. It was my favorite thing. And it, then one day I just woke up and like, I'm going to go qualify for the Boston Marathon. And I mean, like I was running like a 12 minute pace and my second marathon, I qualified for the Boston Marathon. So I'm super excited. That was super awesome at that time. I never got to run it because I was going to run it in 2020, but I did qualify for it. And then from there, I just kept going and loving the races and marathons are my favorite distance. 
Amazing. Well, so good for you. Super cool to hear those stories. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, can relate to that of being a teenager who hated running right? and then later in life finding the the love and the joy for, for running. Right. And so, when, I, when I say I hated running, like I would skip PE. Like anybody, I, I, I see the post all the time on Instagram, but that post where my PE teacher would almost die right now if he knew that I was a runner because I never showed up. I'd always get the message home. Sierra didn't show up for the mile today. And I couldn't believe he expected anybody to be able to run a mile nonstop. Like to me, that was insane. And I would never go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think, again, that's a super relatable story. And even for me, someone who did run high school track and cross country, I remember distinctly when I was running high school track, I was an 800 meter guy and I didn't run the mile. And and in one meet, uh, they kind of, the coaches didn't force us to, but they encouraged us all to run the two mile. And uh, so I ran the two mile once and absolutely hated it. And have had the same thought, like could, couldn't imagine, you know, my high school coaches and also my high school self seeing me now running marathons and ultra marathons when like eight laps right. around the track was absolute torture. <laughs> it's so funny to put it in perspective, like from yeah. back then, it's like, oh, I wish I could go tell my younger self what I know now. <laughs> right. And this wasn't on our outline, but we're kind of going in this direction. So I'm going to go there. But I get this question a lot from friends who, you know, they know that I'm a running coach. And so they, they will often ask me like, how do I not hate running? And these are adult, adult individuals. And I'd be curious to hear if you, if you've had an uh, experience with this too, but you know, what I often tell them is you just have to kind of push through that. Like you have to right. keep getting out there because it's going to not be enjoyable for a while. But at some point, that switch is going to start to flip. Would you right. agree? I would I would definitely agree with that. But I, I also, like, I always tell my clients, too, you're running for the wrong reasons then. Um, everybody is motivated by something. And if, they're, if they absolutely hate running, it's probably because they're trying to run to lose weight and they don't see, you know, yeah. the, they don't see results. So, like, I always try to, like, get people, like, if they're running to lose weight and they're not seeing that because maybe they're not consistent or they hate it so much they don't do it. But when they do do it, it's, like, once or twice a month. Um, I would say, you know, like, what, what do you like about being outdoors? Like, okay, if you like running or, or what do you like about running? If you like being outdoors, go outdoors. Don't get on that treadmill. Like you'll hate the treadmill. Yeah. That's not running to you. Or if you like to kind of spoil yourself, like do sign up for a massage, run right before you go to get a massage and kind of reward yourself for it. Like make running something you like to do by knowing what you're motivated by. So if you hate running, it's probably because you're doing it for the wrong reason. Same with working out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So you already talked a little about your podcast. I want to mm -hmm. dig a little deeper into that and you know, what was the kind of genesis of, of starting that podcast? And it seems to be a very unique podcast out there where it does focus a lot on mental health and fitness, um, but really a lot about mental health. What inspired you to, to start up that podcast? Yeah. So I, so when I started running like 15 or 16, like any 15 or 16 year old, I definitely was struggling with, um, how I looked at my body. Like I was in no means overweight, but when I was in high school, I felt like I was overweight. 
you had the occasional person that calls you fat because I would eat chocolate chip cookies. And I kind of went into this. Well, I'm not kind of, I actually became very anorexic and I ended up in the hospital because I stopped eating meat. I was overworking out. I mean, I was one of those kids that was working out four or five hours a day. We all, we all see those people. We all know some of them. And it became a very unhealthy relationship with um, working out, with exercise and food. So I would only eat yogurt and trail mix because I was so scared everything else was going to make me fat. And when I was in the hospital, I realized, you know what? You can be as healthy as you think you are eating all the right things and working out. Like, that's great. But you can also be so mentally unhealthy that it's it just counteracts each other. So I kind of went into this journey where, okay, well, I want to go into psychology. I want to help people with mental health and um, also fitness because it's such a big thing. Obesity is on the rise. So is so are eating disorders. Eating disorders are like one of the number one most deadly mental health issues out there because of all the problems they cause, the, the damage they cause to your body and your brain. And when I got into school, everyone's like, you can't mash, mash those two together. They just don't go together. So I kind of slide away from it for a while. But then I realized I started doing that as a personal trainer. I started doing that as a coach. I was like, you know what? We're going to mash these together. We're going to focus on creating a life where we're emotionally balanced, we're mentally balanced, and we're also physically fit because most people don't clash them together. Most people will not realize like maybe you're anxiety is caused by inactivity because that can be a thing. I'm not saying it's always a thing, but if you're sitting here drinking caffeine all day long and you're sitting for 12 plus hours out of the day, yes, you stand and you reach your standing goal on your watch. But if you're sitting all day long, you're going to be anxious with all that caffeine. You know, so we have to counteract it. We have to look at yourself as a whole person and not just one area of your life. Yeah. I've listened to a few of your episodes and, and really enjoyed them. Um, do you have any, you know, goals or places that you want to take your, your, your podcast? And I guess what's the uh, mission of, you know, what you're bringing to your audience? Yeah, no, my mission. So I call it like being in the top 5%. So there's this very sad, I think, statistic that they say that less than 5% of adults are actually physically active 30 minutes every single day. And to me, I feel like that I just, that's so hard to understand, but we've become such a culture on the computer. So what I want my podcast to be is something that helps you motivate um, yourself to kind of change small habits. It doesn't have to be a big lifestyle change because it ultimately gets there once you smart, start changing small things. But I think a lot of it is we don't have enough education out there about what to change and how to change it. So my podcast, I really want to focus and we focus on running. Like I'm a runner, like we talk a lot about running, but we focus on kind of the psychology, like why you're not motivated. Like I said at the beginning, like you're not working out for the right reasons. Like why is this? So if you can understand yourself, you can understand how to set yourself up for success. And I also, I like to bring out that this doesn't just help you in your health and your running and your performance, this helps you in your career. This helps you in your career path. Like maybe you were somebody that didn't see themse themselves ever excelling or climbing up in the corporation. And now you're like, you know what? I've reached these goals in my health and fitness. I can reach these goals in my career. And they always go alongside each other. Once you can bring, once you can really handle the emotional and the mental part. 
So appreciate you sharing your story so openly and all about your podcast. Would certainly encourage people to go check out your podcast, Run, Thri- Run Thrive, Survive. Um, but I want to dig into some personal experiences that you've had in running because I think that they can be very um, educational for, for other people out there. And so you recently ran one of the Revel series marathons, the big Cottonwood Canyon, right? In, yes. in Utah. So curious, since I have some opinions on these Revel races <laughs> that we'll, we'll probably get into here, but uh, curious what your experience was like running this race. Wow. Um, I'm trying to see, say, see how, or think how I can put this lightly, but honestly, that was the worst, toughest race I've ever run in my life. And I've done, that was my 13th marathon. I've had some pretty bad races where I've gotten sick in the middle of them and just kept going. And I mean, I've had terrible races, but this had to be probably by far the most painful race I've ever done. It was completely downhill. I think it was, the ascent was like, 5,200 feet. Um, we started at 9,000 and ended at like 4,000 feet. And I thought I personally, like I said before, I'm trying to requalify for Boston and I'm come from Florida. I'm new to Utah. I didn't think about downhill races being painful. And I was thinking, okay, this is gonna be perfect to requalify for Boston. It's right before the cutoff where I have to send in my times. I'm going to slide it on in there. I've been training. I can run in altitude. It's great. And I got to mile 18. So around mile 13, my calves started tightening up. I've never had that. I was flying though. It was like a 650, 710 pace. I was this happiest I've ever been. This is a great marathon. Weather is perfect. And 13, I'm hurting. And I was like, oh no, this is only halfway. Like this isn't good. And then I get to 18 and it goes from downhill and you have to go to a pretty decent uphill. I'm not going to say it's a mountain to climb, but it's rolling hills. And my, my legs, my feet, my quads, everything below the waist just gave out. I've never had my legs just completely give out on me. And I wasn't the only one. There were so many of us flying and we all just came to a screeching hole on this uphill. And to be honest with you, I can't believe the reviews on the website. It says, oh, it's the fastest, like one of the fastest marathons out there. Yes, if you can handle the downhill to an uphill, like that's a whole new set of muscles that most of us don't have. I know there's quite a few other people from Florida there. I was talking to them before the race and they had flown in and I have lived here for a couple months before this race. And I was like, oh man, I know they're really hurting. I'm really hurting. I mean, it was just a mess to be honest with you. Now I will say the Rebel races, I think they're set up um, in an amazing fashion. They're very organized races. And they also have a coach at the expo the day before that kind of walks you through this. I just wish he emphasized how bad it can be because he was like very positive. He's like, oh yeah, I keep beating my time every single year. That's great. But he should have emphasized if you don't run downhill, I would advise against trying to fly down this hill because it was so painful. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know the Revel Race series is basically all downhill half marathons and marathons at different spots around the country. And, you know, they, they have different locations that they go to different, different years, but generally it involves starting, you know, somewhere up on a mountain and running down into some city. So this one was in Salt Lake city. Um, you go down Cottonwood Canyon and, you know, like you explained there, 
5,000 feet of descent in a marathon is a lot. So um, definitely something that I have seen with, with athletes that have participated in these. And I generally discourage my athletes from running these races for that exact reason, because the downhill is very tempting because you can go faster, right? You're using gravity, but there are definitely some concerns with how your body is going to handle that downhill running. Um, so, you know, what would you advise for some people that might be thinking about signing up for a rebel race that to go chase that BQ or chase that PR? You know, to be honest with you, I, I really, I wouldn't, I would never advise it to get a BQ or a PR, to be honest with you. And I say that because you never know how your body's going to react to that certain incline. I feel like to run incline for that long in a race, even a half marathon would be a long time. Like I was feeling a half to run incline that long, you would almost have to mimic the incline exactly. And I say that because I've been running incline, like I've been running trails and I've been running steeper incline, but it, when it's a gradual incline too, it's so much different, different. And it's so hard to mimic such a gradual incline unless you're by the race itself and you can run that course. The people that did really well in this race, they even said that they were running that course every single weekend because they live here. Yeah. And I mean, that that's awesome. And I actually plan to kind of do that next summer so I can go back to that race and like redeem myself. But I personally would never advise anybody to um, use a downhill race like that as a PR or BQ. Maybe if it was like a slider downhill where maybe it's like a a thousand feet descent would not be as bad if you can practice on hills, maybe even two if we're pushing it and you can practice those um, descents somewhere else. I would never, ever, ever advise it to somebody that wants to PRBQ. I yeah. can't do it. And there's certainly exceptions. There's certainly people that, that go out and have good races. But, um, you know, my main concern that I express to athletes with these races is when you are running downhill, there's more gravity impacting your body. So the amount of force that's going through, particularly your lower legs and, you know, up the chain is going to be greater than flat running. So, you know, like you experienced, you had, you know, your quads and, you know, your calves and, you know, different muscle groups that cramped up and didn't feel great and kind of stopped working the way that you needed them to. But I have also seen athletes that get injured and, you know, get stress fractures or, you know, have some, some serious issues from these sorts of races. So, um, you know, that's a big reason why I am not a big proponent of, of the revel races and the downhill races in general. Um, just, you know, the injury concern is, is there for sure. Right. Well, and you know, to be honest with you, that was my main concern in this race. When I hit that wall, I've never had a, it was like a stinging, aching pain in the arch of my foot. So I could deal with the cramp up in the calves and the quads, like it hurt, but I've never had this type of pain in my foot. And I, I was honestly thinking about just DNFing this race 
because I didn't want to get injured. I have Chicago and New York coming up and I just, I don't want to be injured for them because I did this, this race that I just wasn't really prepared for. And honestly, even afterwards, I was more concerned about my recovery. I have never, ever, ever been that sore from a race. I've been sore where, okay, my legs hurt a little bit the next days, but my training's usually sufficient enough. I couldn't walk for 10 days in correctly for 10 days afterwards. I was doing cryotherapy. I was um, also, I, they, they have the IV, the glutathione. I've done the red light therapy. I was doing rolling out, massage guns, every single thing you can think of. But for the first three days after that race, I was almost physically sick because of all the like lactic acid that was built up in my body. Um, if you've ever had those races, like, you know, like you just feel physically sick, exhausted, like you cannot move. I couldn't stand. My legs would quiver. Watching me walk was so it was sad. (laughs) It was honestly just pathetically sad because it was like taking baby steps. I couldn't use my legs. I couldn't walk for long periods of time. It was, it was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think you shared on Instagram a video of you walking after the race. And I saw a number of videos post revel in Utah of people that were just hobbling around and we've all been there. Like after, after marathons, nobody is, is moving very well, I guess, other than like, Kipchoge, but um, <laughs> oh yeah, he walked off just perfect. Yeah, looked, Did you see that fine. video? <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> Could have gone out and run another one, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely was crippling for a lot of people to to handle that much pounding of mm-hmm. you know downhill on asphalt. It's just it takes a huge, huge toll on the body. Um, and you you already alluded to the, this type of training, but you know the. The advice I would give to somebody who is considering signing up for a downhill race is to do some downhill running in training. It doesn't need to be a huge dosage because again, the the injury concern is not just there during a race setting, but also during training. So if you're running a ton of downhill miles, it, it could, you know, beat you up more than running on flat ground. So right. the dosage doesn't need to be incredibly high, but mixing in some downhill intervals um, or, you know, just getting some experience, like you said, running in those canyons, running down hills that are similar type of gradient, um, is definitely advisable, especially in like the last two months before you're running and before your race, um, is something that I would recommend doing. Right. I was even going to start structuring a plan. Like if I do this one next year, like I was just thinking in my mind, like how would I try to conquer the downhills? And I was thinking like going up there and using the running for time, like not so much the running for distance, but like running for time, starting at the top and just slowly not flying like I was in the race, slowly starting to just get my body used to hitting the downhill and then an uphill afterwards. Like I would do like quite a few miles on it, to be honest with you. I wouldn't make it a lot. I wouldn't make it like the whole race, but just trying to expose my body to like, how do you change your muscles from going downhill to back up, up, back uphill? Like how do how can I get my muscles to like fire in the correct way so they can change this way? Because I think that was a huge problem. Handling the downhill was such a huge problem. Um, because I had never done more than like eight miles downhill and I could feel that. Yeah. For well, these races. Yeah. And, you know, I, I also want to put in a caveat here that like, if you're thinking about signing up for one of these races, you know, there's no judgment from either of us here on doing mm-hmm. that. Right. Like it is easier in a way to run a PR 
You just need to make sure your body is prepared to do it. And for a lot of people, you know, that, that is worth the risk to go out and try to, you know, run a faster half or a faster full marathon is worth the risk. It's just important to know what you might go through, what, you know, your, your body is going to be exposed to, and hopefully you can adequately train yourself. And then, you know, I would imagine Sierra, and I've never done one of these races, but I would imagine going back for redemption or talking to somebody who might be doing one of these races, would you suggest a slower pace in the, even in the early stages, even though you probably feel like you could fly? Yes. And I, I suggest that too, because if you, I, I don't know how the other rebel races are. I glanced at the maps very quickly, but on big cottonwood, the top part of it is the steepest. So probably until about mile eight, it was very steep. It was a very steep decline. And there's a small incline at the top that really gets you at mile three and four, but the rest until mile eight steep. And then it like flattens out and stays about the same, um, decline grade the entire rest of the way until you hit that mile uphill at mile 18, but I flew down those steep, steep, steep inclines and you feel fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Mile one to eight, like you're flying, but oof, it hits you so hard. So I would say like, kind of pace yourself. Um, let your body just like, I think the best thing I've heard somebody say was like, let your body do what your body's going to do on those declines. But, but you can do that, but don't figure that out on race day. Like don't figure out what your body's going to do on the declines. Really make sure that you're training those declines so you know how your body reacts to them. And then if you are in that race day setting, you're, you can see if it's normal, if you're changing up anything that you might be in trouble for. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. So what's next for you? So I'm getting ready for Chicago. I'm super excited for Chicago. Chicago is another redemption race. I ran it back in 2019 and I was so sick. I shouldn't have run that race that day, but I was so sick. I probably struggled through 90% of it. I was so cold. I, I just had a terrible race that day, but I'm going back to Chicago. I'm super excited about that. And I got into New York this year. So I'm super excited about both of those, to be honest with you. And then I don't know what's after that yet. <laughs> we haven't thought that far. Super exciting. Well, I'm running Chicago too. Ooh, first yay! time. That's going to be awesome. First, first time. time. This is, yep. oh, it's going to be a party. I swear. Everybody's running Chicago this year. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. I know a ton of people that are going. It's going to be great. So uh, any advice for me? First time Chicago marathoner. Um, oh, have you ever done a, a major marathon? Yes. Okay. Boston so and New York. Okay. My for, okay. So my first one was going to be, don't get caught up in the crowds, but you've already done that. I feel like a lot of people get caught up in the crowds on their first majors, yeah. but uh, man, I would just say, save a little bit energy. There's a, there's a bridge with a slight incline at the very end of the race. I think it's in like mile 22, 23. Mm -hmm. And that hit, that hits you pretty hard because you're exhausted by then because the race is mostly flat. And then you hit this like small incline. You're just not ready for, yeah. um, but you're also in Denver. You can train for the inclines. Um, which is super helpful. But for anybody listening, it's a pretty flat race. It's awesome. The course, I think the course is great. I, oh, don't count on your watch being correct, to be honest with right, you. Right. My watch has never been correct in those. <laughs> I have heard that. And I feel like it's mm -hmm. a little bit unique from some of the other majors where you do run so much of the mileage in the city. Whereas like Boston, you start 26 miles out and the last little bit is in the city, but you're not like, in in the big buildings very much if at all mm -mm. new york you do 
maybe a little more in the city, but you're still running through all the boroughs. So it's not nearly the same as Chicago, where I feel like so much of the race is downtown. Yeah, I don't think there's like really any point you don't get out of the city in Chicago. I feel like the only part that was more open was by Lincoln Park. And even that you're still in the city, you're still pretty deep in the city in Chicago, but it's a fantastic race. I, Chicago is really a great one and the weather's looking pretty good for it. It might get a little bit hot in the afternoon. Yeah. I haven't even allowed myself to check the weather cause I know it'll, it'll change before race day. So right. right. I'm just <laughs> plus it's out of trends. our control. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for the advice. I appreciate that. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about today? No, in all honesty, I just, I'm super excited for Chicago. I'm super excited that you're going. And honest, I just hope everybody listening to this, that we're, we're not trying to push you away from a downhill race. Downhill races can be a lot of fun. I'm just saying be more prepared than just go out and have fun because nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about the aftermath really. (laughs) Right. For sure. And I think it's, it's worth trying, you know, everyone, every once in a while, if you want to give it a go, um, I haven't personally done them and no, I'm, I'm curious how much faster, you know, you could run if you're running downhill, right? Because you are in a way doing less work, but there's those eccentric contractions of the muscles that you probably aren't prepared for and doing that for hours on end. Um, you know, that, that's something you haven't exposed your body to before and can likely cause some problems. So definitely worth putting in some research and doing some specific training for that, but give it a shot. You never know what you could be able to run on, on a downhill course. Strength training helps, but it's not going to be enough for a downhill course. You have to be out there on it. And Oh, I was going to say too, I would start with a half. If you have never done a full downhill race, start with a half, half marathon. Don't start with the full. Don't do it. (laughs) That is good advice. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing a little about yourself about your podcast, about your experience with Revel. Um, where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me pretty much anywhere at Run Thrive Survive. So I have, I'm really active on Instagram. That's my main place. I'm trying to get on TikTok. We're, we're working on it. But um, you can find me at Run Thrive Survive and www.runthrivesurvive.com if you want to um, coach with me more on mental health. And then, of course, I'm, you can find me on Run Thrive Survive podcast. Anything run, thrive, survive, you'll find me. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks again so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time today, Sierra. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Tucker. See you in Chicago. All right. That's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this and got a lot out of it. Thanks again to Sierra for coming on the show. If you do want to check out more about what she offers, Head over to the show notes of this episode and give her a follow. Check out her podcast and, uh, you know, like, subscribe, share all the things with this episode so that others can hear this and look forward to bringing you some great conversations with other individuals in the coming weeks. 